Hi, you are listening to Africana Woman with Chulu. The Africana Woman is a live show that highlights our stories in our own words. We believe that to attract the lives that we truly desire, we must smash the culture of silence around the things that hold us back or keep us stuck. In our tribe, rest assured, you are not alone. The Africana woman is for you, by you, and about you, no matter where you are in the world. So let's get started. This is the first ever episode of Africana Woman. And the Africana Woman highlighted this week is Elishiba Musengeti from Kenya. Elishiba is the founder of The Classroom Outside, a mentorship program that imparts the life skills on youth by reflecting, processing, and interrogating the various facets of life's journey. She is a graduate of Wellesley College, where her major was International Relations and Africana Studies. She is currently completing her Master's in Women Leadership and Governance at the Africana Women's Studies Center at University of Nairobi. Besides being an avid reader and writer, she enjoys hosting and coordinating events. She is married to Poriot and the two are blessed with two beautiful children. So today we are diving into the topic of African women role models. I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. Let's get started. Welcome, Elishiba. Thank you, Chulu. I'm really happy to be here and very honored to be on your show. Thank you. All right. So let's get started. Um, I think the first thing we probably should do is define what a role model is. So what would you say um, is a role model? Um, I think as the name suggests, it's somebody who models uh, something for you and specifically in a particular role. And I say that because... um, so we we you can be a role model not necessarily in the entirety of your being, but particularly mm. in a specific role. So there are people who are role models uh, because of the way they mother. There are some who are role models because of the way they lead. Uh, some because of the way I don't know they have a healthy lifestyle. Uh, and so this is somebody that we can look up to. And I would want mm-hmm. to different. I would want to differentiate um, a role model from a mentor in the sense that a role model can be far away, like you don't necessarily have to know them. They don't need to know you. Uh, They could also be dead. (laughs) Um, And whereas a mentor has to be, um, you have to have a relationship with them. I think that would be the difference. So uh, um, a mentor is often also a role model, but a role model is not always necessarily a mentor. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, so I think my first question to you is, oh, my second, is how do you think African women are perceived? I think there's probably two answers to that, like perceived by other people who are not African and then also perceived um, within our um, own cultural context. Yes. Um, oh, that's a very big question. How are they perceived? I think um, 
how African women are perceived has changed over time, over the years. I think there's been some progress in terms of, um, you know, women's uh, roles, for example, were often seen as domestic. And there was this um, assumption that mm-hmm. women uh, women's place is at the home uh, and that, you know, the public space is there for just for men. Um, I think we've seen over time that that has um, has changed, and that and that that narrative is is changing. I think um, the African woman is also actually seen to be quite um, involved. I would say in nation building, quite involved in the society. Um, often you'll find um, even in Africa, the countries are known as you know mother, you know, like a, a nation is known as a mother or even Africa itself is known as the motherland. And I think that speaks to how African women are viewed and how women are viewed in Africa, not necessarily African women, um, uh-huh. the, the power that they hold. I would say how African women view themselves also has continued to change and is continuously changing over time. Um and I think how we see ourselves, because I'm an African woman as well as, and you, you are too, has been influenced, um, obviously by history and how we've been viewed over history. But, um, more and more, I think we're seeing a global view of ourselves that we are capable, that we, we have uh, certain liberties to choose how we want to live. But at the same time, we're still uh, bound by some cultural expectations, some social expectations um, that you you can only rise so high, uh, you can only dress a certain way, you can only look a certain way. Um, I think these perspectives are constantly shifting and and constantly um, being um, reimagined. I would say. Okay. Okay. So what is, what do you think is the importance of having um, African women who are role models? Yeah, so I think that's a very good question. One is just, first of all, it's very important for us to be able to see people who look like us, who have had... um, probably a similar background to us, probably similar opportunities and challenges to us. It's very important to be able to see those people, um, you know, succeeding and and they they open up a possibility, a certain level of possibility for us. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, I think number two as well, it's, it's, it actually empowers us to reach um higher to reach for higher i don't know higher goals higher ideals um because sometimes we are limited by our own uh, mindset and when you do have somebody who's really succeeded or done well in one aspect or, or the other it it uh, challenges us to be able to reach higher um and then i think the other the third thing i would say that is important is um it also allows us to be truer to ourselves, right? So um, we do tend to set very high standards for ourselves. We, we, we. I think sometimes we can be very hard on ourselves as um, as women. 
Um, and when you when you have a role model, you're able to see them in their entirety. That they they've had they have flaws, they have weaknesses, they've had failures. So you know when you go through your own challenges, um, the role model, uh, you know whatever they've also gone through, you're like ah okay. So if they were able to get through this, then so can I, you know. So so you're not viewing yourself as. Um, that this is happening to me and is only unique to me uh, and that, you know, it's the end of the road. Um, I would say that those are some of the, that, like, that's like one of the reasons why it's no, very, very, yeah, important. And then also, sorry, but they also help you to not uh, make the same mistakes sometimes because uh, mm-hmm. you can, sometimes, you know, you can just learn and see, ah, she, this is what she did. It didn't turn out so well. You know, there's a saying that you don't have to learn from your own mistakes. You can learn from other people's as well. Mm, mm. So I think something that I've heard quite often is that um, African women don't like to work together or they don't like to see the others succeed. So Mm. how do you think this affects... um, having healthy uh, role models, like healthy relationships with role models or being able to see someone as a role model when, I don't know, what do you think of that stereotype? Wow. Um, (laughs) Okay, so I'll give two answers. I think that um, men, just like women, also do um, sabotage each other. I think, unfortunately, we people make it sound like only women do so. Uh, but um, in reality, I think, you know, power is something that people fight for. Um, uh, resources are things that we fight for, I think, from, from the beginning mm-hmm. of time. And um, I think the primal instinct is to, is to kind of get ahead, right, of the other person. Now... Mm-hmm. Do, do women sabotage each other? I don't, I don't think this is unique to women, but have I seen women sabotaging each other? Yes. Um, mm. and I think, I, I think I can give an example. I happened to, to be in a certain, let me say, shall I call it an organization or a group that I, I, I joined, um, last year, um, mm-hmm. which had various generations of women, um, okay. you know, right from some who are in their, I would say, 50s, maybe even approaching 60s, and then 50s, 40s, 30s, and 20s, right? And I think my expectation when I was joining this um, group and I went in, you know, with everything that I had, my expectation was that this was going to be a space where I'll be nurtured, I'll be mentored, I'm going to mm-hmm. have older sisters to look up to because a lot of the women in that group are quite successful in terms of their careers, in terms of family and everything, right? So I was very disappointed um, to find that some of the women that I was hoping to look up to are actually very concerned just with them. Um, with um, getting their way or finding or, or finding success for themselves, even if it means stepping on other women, um, it was very disappointing. That we, there was something we were working on, a, a, an event we were working on. It was very sad to to see people using even like very dubious ways to make themselves look um, better than the others. Um, it was very disappointing because I, I actually believe there's enough success to go around for all of us. Um, Uh And also it was disappointing because I think 
they, there was such a space and an opportunity there for us to work together as women. Um, and it was completely wasted, unfortunately, by actually the older generation. And so I think what that taught me, and I, and I, there, not all of them were like that. It was actually just a few, but they happened to uh, unfortunately be the loudest or maybe the most powerful in the group. But what, what I took from it is also that we cannot, um, you can't have a blanket um, assumption that all, uh, for example, that all successful women are great role models, and also mm. that yeah, that that I have to to pick and choose. You know, like you you can't. Um, it, it it doesn't mean that if you're successful uh, and whatever we define success to be, that you are automatically a role model. I think that was such a huge lesson for me last year. And I was able to separate, you know, from this group now. Um, I'm still in the group uh, because, you know, I'm like never, never say never. I mean, never say die. But I, I, I was able to say, okay, so are there some in this group that I can actually learn from? And those mm-hmm. are the ones I'm focusing on. And then these are the ones I'm, I'm, I'm just like hoping, you know, they'll become better and do better <laughs> for themselves and for, for the generations coming behind them. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, that's just one example, you know, that I think was very close home for me. Um, we've seen it also politically sometimes, you know, women, um, um, you know, sabotaging other women or judging them more harshly. Uh, but I, I really think that by and large, I wouldn't say that that's the majority of what women, um, the, of, of like, that's what majority of women do. Unfortunately, those who do do that tend to be, um, very loud, very strategic. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, yeah, we all have different definitions of what success is. Um, it doesn't necessarily always have to be monetary. And yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> and I think following up to that, what, because I have, um, I think especially with the age of social media, where uh, people want to always show the good side of uh, their life and they're not necessarily willing to show, you know, even those hard times. And, you know, if you're a young lady or, you know, whoever you are looking for uh, role models and you're searching on on the internet, you're searching on social media and you're only seeing that positive side, but how do, you know, but don't necessarily get to learn from the mistakes of somebody else. What would you advise somebody to look for in a role model? In one, in one um, sentence, I would say um, authenticity, probably. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say, um, what's the word I'm looking for? A holistic, uh, view. And, and, you know, the, the, um, like you rightly said, I think social media has put a certain pressure on us to only present, um, certain aspects of our lives that we think the world wants to see. And I think, uh, what I have done myself is I've always made it a point to, if there's somebody that I admire, I try and um, 
read up more about them like what's how did they actually get to where they are and often you will find that it hasn't been as rosy as it seems so i'm i'm very very um aware that what we see sometimes is just the product but not the process and and i think as women and we we have to seek to understand that process as well in fact it is very um misleading if you only focus on the product because then you you want to skip the process for yourself and you know get to where this person has gotten to not knowing how many uh, tears they shed how many nights they stayed up alone um i don't know crying or working on their computer or praying or whatever it is right not knowing um what they had to lose and compromise to gain what they have now i mean I, I think about in any of the successful women um, or role models, even that I see, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you find that the journey has not been that rosy. And I'll give you a very um, recent example, I think, uh, for me was um, uh, last year we were planning um, an alumni day for for my high school. And the day before the event, um, I had just come from another organization where I was working and I was feeling very uncertain about my own, um, let's say, career path, right? Feeling like, um, okay, where is this all headed? Am I, you know, failing at life? You know how we all have those moments. Um, and so interestingly, so we, we this, the alumni day was supposed to be the following day. So I happened to be at the school setting up, talking to the students like making sure they have the program for the day and then the school principal was there as well and um, we just got talking in the evening like once everything was done and so she I think she just asked me so how is work or something like that and I opened up (laughs) and do you know she shared her own journey about you know some of the battles she's fought some of the times when she wasn't sure that she was even cut out to be a teacher, leave alone a principal. Um, some of the times when she's had people that she has really trusted kind of um, disappoint her. And I mean, for me, it was such an eye opener because here she was, she's, an, she's a principal of a very good school. And, you know, all I could see is this product of this is a successful woman who is now leading an institution. But she allowed me to see this other side that people mm. don't often see. And that many people probably don't see. So you you probably see her and judge um, and think, oh, she's always had it easy or whatever it is, right? So so I I, I think also beyond us seeking that um, seeking those stories from the role models that we see, I think we also owe it to those who watch us, whoever is kind of um, either younger than us or even our peers who are looking at us. And we also owe it to be authentic, to be real, to 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 share. Um, if I mean, if we want to share, since nowadays we all share all everything. But if we want to share, <laughs> that that we are not just projecting. Uh, I am constantly happy, successful, looking healthy, uh, uh, never broke. Uh, you do you know what I mean? Like, I, I really think we owe it to each other because we are also putting. We're we're living falsehoods, basically. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I so agree. And I'm glad you said that because I was going to add it. I think, you know, we are we're in a, a society where we have surface level um, relationships and com- and conversations, you know, um, yeah. when we're so programmed, you know, if somebody says, oh, hi, how are you? The automatic answer is fine. And that may not necessarily always be the answer, you know, and you we don't want to go a bit deeper. And I think um, when you can just be authentic and uh, show up uh, authentically, that really does help you. And you'd be surprised who your, where your help comes from and where your allies come from. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, sis. Thank you for listening to Africana Woman with Chulu. This show is only possible because of your participation. These are your stories in your own words. There are actually two ways that you can be featured in the Africana Woman Network. You can either be a guest blogger on the Africana Woman blog or a guest speaker on the Africana Woman podcast. If any of these interest you, please contact me on africanawoman at gmail.com to learn more about the procedures to be approved. Now, back to the show. So let's take it back now. Now we're going into our history books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, this is like before uh, before colonial times, like, you know, our ancient history. Who do you... Um, okay, do you think there are um, African women role models from the past? from what we've learned in, in our history, in our curriculums? Certainly, certainly, certainly. There are very, very many. And if we can, so, I, I mean, I think we could go pre-colonial and then colonial and then post-colonial, right? Um, mm-hmm. I think pre-colonial, some of the the role models are, happened to have been um women who either had a political role or a spiritual role in their societies. And I'll, I'll give just a few examples and I'll start obviously with right here in Kenya. There was, um, there's a lady known as Mekatilili Wamenza and Mekatilili Wamenza came from a, a community in, in the coastal part of Kenya called the Giriyama. And, um, she she lived during the the time when um, the British were in Kenya. They were um, obviously colonizing the country. They were instilling the tax, hat tax, and all that that um, you know the colonizers used to force people to work um, or to labor in their farms. And Mekatilili um, happened to be an old, uh, I mean, a widow. And I think there's something very interesting about that because um, interestingly in her community, and I think in a lot of African communities, widows um, held a different status in society in the sense that um, because they didn't have a man to kind of defend them because the husband already died, they were almost um, allowed to then speak in some of those forums where men would only be allowed to speak. Certainly this was the case for the Giriyama. And um, at one point they, there was a meeting, they were having a village meeting and the, the British, whoever chancellor, whoever it was, was talking about how um, the men need to pay hard tax, they need to work in the farms. Um, uh, and and it was basically forced labor and enslavement. And then also in line with that was Christianity, which was that you have to do away with your Giriyama culture. 
And she was completely against it, started speaking up against it, started doing a funeral dance in the middle of this meeting, and also now traveled village to village and made people take oaths that they will not listen to what the British are doing, are saying that they're going to resist. And once the British realized that this woman is causing trouble, they actually sent her away um, to a really far away town, like a thousand kilometers away. She escaped mm-hmm. and walked back, like walking on foot and came back and continued with the resistance. And eventually, I mean, they, they, they imprisoned her now in Kismayu in Somalia, where, where she eventually died. But I share this mm-hmm. story because um, I think that we, we think that... Um, um, women power, quote unquote, is something new, but it's not. This is something that existed in Africa from, from way before. This Queen, um, Nzinga of, of, um, Angola, right? Um, she's also yeah. quite famous for that and, and known to have led also her people to resist, um, colonization, right? And she, she, in fact, they say even when she was talking to the Portuguese, she would sit on her subjects back so that she can be on the same level as the Portuguese. Um, you know, and, and in fact, I think what stands out for me for this queen, uh, queen is that first of all, she ruled for 37 years, but after she died for 80 years after that, there were women rulers in that, in the, in the, the, um, Kingdom of Dongo, which is now present day Angola. So you can see that she set a certain, um, precedence for, for women, mm. for leadership. Then this Nehanda of, of Zimbabwe. I'm sure maybe you're familiar with her, seeing as Zimbabwe is, is uh, neighbors with Zambia. And, um, Nehanda was a, a spirit, um, Medium. So that's how I was saying a lot of the, the ruler of a lot of the women that we, we look up to as role models of that time had either political, military or spiritual roles. And so Nehanda, um, was a spirit medium who, um, led or inspired people during the, the Chimurenga wars where they were resisting the Shona were resisting the colonization, um, by the British. Um, in the, in the 1896 around there, right? Um, who else? <laughs> there's, there's another one that I find to be very interesting. Uh, was the, so in Ethiopia, there was Menelik II. So I think many people have heard of the Battle of Adoa and, uh, which was, um, where the, the Italians were defeated, embarrassed by the Ethiopians. Um, so what people, many people don't know is that, so obviously Menelik had, not obviously, but Menelik too had many wives and one of his wives was Taitu, she was called Taitu Beto. And she mm. is known to have been a very, very serious advisor to her husband, the emperor. Um, and she's actually the one who gave the idea, you know, there's a treaty that the Italians and the Ethiopians um Signed the Treaty of of Butale, which uh, basically, to the in, the Italian version of it said that um, Ethiopia now has become a, an Italian I don't know protectorate or or colony, but the the Ethiopian version said something completely different, right? Which was it was in Amharic. So this was I mean this is such brilliance, you know that that is. Maybe not even recorded in books, but this is a woman who's like, I mean, she's, she's leading from behind when they say, I don't know, behind every successful man. 
there's a woman and she is actually credited with naming um Addis Ababa, giving Addis Ababa that name of Addis Ababa. And this is something and I mean many people I think don't know and and I think why I'm bringing her up is also that um even in their roles as wives as mothers as uh, the various roles that these women were playing in society um mm-hmm. they were they, they are role models you know we 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 don't have to say we don't have to think that we are limited because i'm not the president i'm not the i'm not a minister or whatever it is whatever role you have uh you can use it you know can it's this power to it so those are just mm-hmm. some of ones i i would um i can say from colon pre what i'd call pre colonial um africa there's obviously shakazulu mother i think many people know her as well um for for how she guided uh, both her husband and her son so there are many women like that that we can look up to mm-hmm. as role models mm-hmm. and then when if you want we can then move on to like the the colonial post colonial you know they are also very really, yeah. <laughs> so I think one of the things I just want to take note of is um uh there are some African curriculums that don't necessarily highlight women um in especially pre-colonial women and yeah. it's not that they don't exist they do but we have to be more vigilant with finding their stories and um i think in in um the last few years um the last decade or so there has been a lot of movement and a lot of um people that have you know done their research and really um made the resources available for us to be able to learn more about um african women role models that are pre- from pre-colonial times so i think we also just have to be vigilant in terms of finding out who they are what they did and um keeping that knowledge alive exactly exactly yeah and a lot of this knowledge is is um not found in books because it was passed down maybe orally um a lot of this knowledge is also not found because history as you know is glorifies the storyteller the, the whoever the hero was and for a long time um in africa and i would say in the world um history was written and recorded by by uh, by men right mm-hmm. um so so i think the we have the onus is also on us um to rewrite that history to have it out there to one of the projects we did at the um, at the African Women uh, Studies Center where where I'm doing my masters was literally making a video i think it was like a 45 minute video um on on um these women actually these women that i'm talking about these african women role models and um i remember there was uh, i think an exhibition at the university of nairobi and for some reason the president just happened to stop at the booth the, the african women society whatever um african women studies center booth and he stood there for some quite some minutes he was i mean it was just intriguing i guess um 
to have those stories. And they're interesting stories. They are interesting stories. They are intriguing. They are inspiring. And I remember, I mean, we kind of got just a, um, like a presidential acknowledgement, you know. And the next mm-hmm. step, we, we are like, we're putting this on YouTube. We need to have this on TV. We need to have a series, you know, because these stories are not told and um, they, they, they could actually really, really inspire generations. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So who do you have in the next era as an example? As an example, um, I think they are people like Winnie Mandela, right? Mm. So this is the colonial, I would say, well, South Africa, well, can we call it colonial? I don't know. But I would say people like um, Winnie Mandela because of um, the role that she played while, you know, people forget while Nelson was away for 27 years, somebody else was somewhere um, leading the struggle and holding the fort together and holding the home together. And so I think for that, we we can admire her. I would say um, there are women, even in Kenya, we have like Field Marshal Mutoni that she's she, people know about the Mau Mau fighters, but people don't often know that there were women who were in the front line of this fighting or who were actually um, maybe cooking for the fighters, hiding them in their homes and things, playing such roles, which were, were very important um, to the struggle. And then mm-hmm. I, I, I would say also maybe not so much um, colonial Africa, but even post-colonial. So there there are women who um, helped build the nations in the like post-independence. You know, there are women who I would even say someone like Ellen Salif Johnson, for example, um, the 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 um, Liberia, right? And and I I Mm -hmm. I like to use Ellen Salif Johnson for many reasons. One is that you see, I think in the in the African notion of womanhood, there's a very big concept of motherhood, right? And motherism, what we'd call motherism. And um, Ellen Salif Johnson used this um, ideology to her advantage in the sense that she, she took on, when she was coming up as a leader, she said, Liberia is her child. She wants to treat Liberia as a child that she, and she wants to heal Liberia. Right. And bear in mind, she was coming up against people like Charles uh, Taylor and uh, Samuel Doe. I mean, these guys were, were um, they were di- not, not dictators, but what's the word I want to use? They were very, let's say, bad people. Right. And um, the way that um, the way that Ellen Salif Johnson went about it was, first of all, you know, participatory kind of leadership. Um, she would, mm-hmm. when she'd speak to the people, she would speak in Creole, you know, but then when she's going to speak to America, because as, as you know, like Liberia and Sierra Leone were, were, were founded, I guess, by the U.S. Uh, when freed slaves were returned to, to Africa, when she would go mm-hmm. to speak in the U.S. or to Americans, she would speak, you know, the, the way Americans would speak. But if she's, when she comes down to the ground, she's talking to the people in Creole. She even changed, she was, I mean, she used to wear power suits, what we call power suits, I guess, and changed her dressing and started wearing more of this um, African wear and the headgear that is now her her trademark. Um, And, you know, using just that concept of 
this is our country we need to nurture it back to to health um she was able to 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 lead right um this lema bowie also in liberia um who i think as i think she also won a nobel uh, prize i think same time as as ellen salif did and she mm-hmm. led the women of liberia uh, movement also for, for peace again working directly with uh, market women with you know the 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 what would call the common woman uh, you know and mm-hmm. creating a movement that was so so um so powerful i think we have um women like um Gozi Okonjo Iweala you know the one of um, Nigeria and she's she's um, a good role model in the sense that so she's not colonial or what I'd call post colonial but I think mm-hmm. of her as um, I think she went up and and was very senior in the IMF World Bank and is now I think um one of the most lauded or praised and well known economists of the world not just of Africa Um so I look at this so, woman and think yeah yeah Elisheba sorry I just want to um just say if you are watching please do add names of women african women you believe are amazing or you know uh role models uh I think um it would be good for us to all see who are great role models and who we can go and um do a bit more research on so okay. if you have anybody please do um add them in the comments um Sawad 18 said I wish this could be a weekly series where you focus on one leader each session so if anybody is excited about that and would want to take that up that would be amazing Yes, Elishima continue. That's, and that's also like I know Savad is joining from um, from Cambridge all the way from Cambridge so that's quite oh, awesome. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. Um so I was talking about some of these women. I want to mention a very interesting woman. Um she's okay. called Speciosa Kazibwe. So Speciosa mm-hmm. Kazibwe was um Uganda's vice president from 1994 to 2003 and um, she was actually the first african woman to hold up such a senior position um you know like elected into that position in a sovereign nation i know many people know ellen salif as you know first african woman president and then uh, Joyce Banda later you know who became who rose to become president after the president actually died but um Speciosa was vice president of Uganda she she was a medical doctor she was a bri- she is actually still alive she's a brilliant brilliant woman who helped especially women entrepreneurs in Uganda did it from the very grassroots started off at the district level province level then rose through the ranks uh, and then was elected into that position and i mean she she had so many um good policies especially around food security and agriculture um to a point where she she was she had a role i think in the OAU which i can't remember the title but she had a very senior role there and was was uh, acknowledged by the FAO the the um, food and agriculture organization Now here's the interesting thing about Speciosa Kazibwe she um 
in addition to being this amazing political leader, amazing um, uh, mobilizer, woman mobilizer, she was married to a very violent husband. And at some point, she had to file for divorce. Why am I bringing this story up? She filed for divorce and everybody suddenly forgot how amazing this woman was as a leader. And everybody was focusing on the fact that she can't hold her marriage together. She can't hold her home together. Um, her mm-hmm. husband was like, why, you know, he can't stand a woman who's coming home late. Why is she moving around with male politicians? Um, why is she not cooking for him? Uh, you know, things like that. Yeah? And I'm oversimplifying the story. But the thing was, she was now judged um, on the basis of not being able to hold her marriage together. First of all, the very idea that as a woman, it is your role, responsibility to hold the marriage together as if you're married to yourself. Um, but also, secondly, this notion that um, if you're succeeding uh, politically, that needs to be the same um, at home. It needs to align. Your public and, and private life has to align. But also, thirdly, this idea that... Um, that she should be, she should allow herself to be beaten. She should remain in a violent relationship to, to remain a good role model, quote unquote, because now even women were saying, um, she's now become a bad role model. She's not a good role model anymore for our children, for our girls, because, you know, divorce is shunned, divorce is frowned upon. And I actually think this woman is super courageous, you know, because she could have died in that relationship. Right, she could have. She, she. I mean, it was completely um, the right thing, I would say, for her to do. And and she ended up, I think, not. Um, I think she had to resign eventually as as vice uh, president. Um, not entirely sure that it was because of the divorce. Uh, but I I think of her and think of how many women have had have this pressure of you need to to hold a certain. Um, image at your own expense at the expense of your own safety and health and well-being for you to be accepted and loaded as a as a role model i think it's very unfortunate um but i also think she must have paved the way for many women who are too terrified to take such a step you know and they, i'm sure she said she made them realize well you know you kind of need to stay alive even for your own children and for your own self right um, so that's an example I find to be interesting in terms of yeah the the, the mm-hmm. duality of what's expected of women in the private and yeah. public space. Yeah. Yeah. Sawad says that there's always double standards for female leaders. I think that's so true. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I guess I'll follow that up with what are the effects of not having African women role models? Yeah, I think the effect is the opposite of what we 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 talked about at the beginning, right? So I think if having African uh, women role models or female role models um, enables us to reach higher, to 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 be ambitious, to be courageous, um, I think the opposite then is true. That um, and I think you see it. Sometimes I think I see it, especially in. Um, some schools where maybe there there has never been um, a girl who has gone on to do well, 
So maybe all the other students also think the highest they can um they can get is whatever the highest person ever got in that school right so i think not having role models um limits our horizons in a way because we can only see as far as that person uh, as the people ahead of us went um i also i mean i think also um sometimes allows us to make mistakes or leads us to make mistakes that we could avoid because there was nobody to lead the the way there was nobody to show the way you know so you're over there fumbling um because there's nobody to guide you there's nobody to to tell you what to do i i like um you know Sheryl Sandberg in in her book um, lean in Sheryl Sandberg is the the uh, COO of of Facebook right um i i I like her book it's one of the books I I have found to be very useful for me in my professional life I would say right because um she talks about the importance of having um a a role model but be also mentors a mentor and see what she calls a sponsor you know like another which could be another woman or man who can speak for you who can um be be your your advocate so to speak you know like when there's an opportunity they put your name on the table and say hey i know chulu should be able to do this you know um and so there there are all those roles that, that there are all those people that you should have your role model you should have a mentor you should have a sponsor you should have accountability partners and all of that but i think that the not having a role model kind of um you 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 just fumble in the dark you know and and um it will take much longer for you to get where you want to you know it it really will it really will and i'm telling you when when you have somebody that you're looking up to and they are especially you're able to see their whole journey holistically you're able to to learn you know of those what we are calling the quirks and the you know the gaps even in their journey i think it is so encouraging empowering inspiring you know all those things um and the converse is true when you don't have a role model uh, especially one that looks like you or has had the same background as you have very true yeah. um, so i guess i would like to ask you to s- what advice would you have one for um upcoming role models and <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you um also give to uh young ladies uh that are looking for role models so i'll start with the the possible uh possible role models and i i think my advice would be that um they need or we need because i think we all have the potential to be role models to to someone mm-hmm. um we need to be courageous enough to 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 share our stories to share our struggles to not try and sugarcoat and and uh, uh, and make it look uh, easier than it really is right 
Uh, we also have a responsibility, I would say, even within the family, for example, you know, to to reach out to those younger than us, whether they are our siblings or cousins or whatever it is, because we we cannot also be inspiring the world and and not doing anything um, with those that are closest to us. And then for the for women who are now looking for role models, I would say I think. Um, seek those women out. Seek those stories out. Like, look for them. Look for for um, what was the journey, what was the process, and you you'll be surprised. Actually, I, I have found that when you ask uh, some of the women that you really admire, when you ask, if you get a chance to ask them, um, what would what did you do at 24 that I could be doing that could lead me to where you are? You find that many of them are actually very open to sharing. They're very open to to teaching, you know. So, you know, that I think as young people, we also need to have the, the courage to look for those um, role models and to, to look for teachable moments all the time, you know, because... Nobody, you have to own your own journey as well. If you can't sit wait, there waiting to be inspired, you have to seek inspiration, I think. Um, so that would be um, to, would be my advice, um, that we seek to inspire and to be inspired. Fantastic. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Elisheba. I feel like she is a well of knowledge when it comes to African women role models. Now, these are my three takeaways. Not all successful women are role models. Seek to understand the process of a woman's success. And when you are looking for a role model, look for authenticity. All right. So if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes, Google, Snitcher, Pandora, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you click that subscribe button. You will be helping us so much if you first subscribed, gave us a five-star rating, and then reviewed the podcast. We would love to hear what you thought about this episode. I also love talking with you. So come on over to my social media and follow me at Chulu by Design. Or you can join the Africana Woman tribe on our Facebook group and dive deeper into this topic. So see you next week for the next episode. Always remember, my desire is that you fall in love with yourself laws and all and attract the life that you desire this has been a production of ulendo creative media you can find out more about their services on www.ulendocreative.com